Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, coach it in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table. Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is game week. Technically, I mean, we've got games on tonight. I'm I'm excited. I love the, the college football game, and we get four straight days of it now at this point. We had a game last night, which ended up not being a great game, if we're all being honest with ourselves, but there are a lot of really good games on tonight. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then even Monday night leading us into NFL kickoff. We are one week away from the Cowboys and the Buccaneers kicking off today. Matt and myself are going to talk about uh, the news, uh, the Cam Cam Newton news that broke Trey Lance, other stuff that broke uh, since we last talked. We will discuss our picks for the award season for the NFL, who we expect to win the MVP, Rookie of the Year, all that good stuff. And last but not least, we will finally get a chance to talk a little bit more about Marvel's What If series. Uh, We have not talked about the last two episodes, episodes three and four. We will do that here today. Before we jump into all of that, though, Matt, how are you doing on this beautiful Thursday? It's been a week. I tell you, it's hard to keep track of the days sometimes because I've I have been at work 29 out of 33 days, uh, including the last six in a row. And then, you know, it's not our slow time for football. It's the ramping up. And there was so much news this week. I mean, I would have liked to have a couple hours just to sit there and ponder. Yeah, it's um you would you would hope that with the NFL really taking like a week and a half off that this they would slow down just a little bit but we did get t- cuts uh 
on Tuesday, which is a little bit different than what we're used to seeing. Usually they wait till about this Saturday or Sunday to make the cuts, but they made them a lot earlier this year. Uh, so gave us a lot more news to talk about with that, but also gives us a lot more time to see how these rosters are going to shake out before the games kick off Thursday, which is also good. So definitely still a lot of NFL stuff to talk about. As I mentioned, a huge college slate. Every single team in college is playing this week. Uh, so it is going to be, at least if you enjoy the college football game, a fun week of football. Let's, well, and uh, a be- uh, big week for us, our, our podcast network actually yes, officially I was, launched yesterday. I was I was just about to say that. So uh, before we jump into the news, we are part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. Uh, we are excited to be a part of that. You can follow the network and all of these shows on there at PigskinPodNet on Twitter. We've got us on there. I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of uh, everything. They cover hockey, soccer, wrestling, everything's on there. We're glad to be a part of it on the NFL side. Uh, so go check that out and, and give them and us some, some support. We would appreciate it. All right, so let's jump into the news. And I kicked it off right there with the Cam Newton part. We'll dive into that first. Uh, we, we have joked to give a about big it. Shout out to Dennis, who yeah, uh, was Dennis, pretty firm that that was going to happen. I definitely yeah. did not expected i i did not expect it i would I, I believe i said i wouldn't be surprised if mac jones won it but i thought cam newton would start just at least the first game of the season uh dennis did say that he thought newton would get cut and he did he is gone mac jones is now going to be the starter for new england let's take it from the cam newton side first your thoughts on cam being released by the patriots yeah i mean he didn't look good last year i think we were a little bit surprised they decided to bring it back. It didn't feel like his style particularly fit uh, what they were trying to do. Um, And then of course they drafted Mac Jones. So it was going to be some pressure, but that being said, as I noted on Monday, Cam Newton didn't play all that bad there. They keep saying it has nothing to do with vaccine status. I I'm not sure it was weird though. I haven't seen, I'm sure they had to add somebody back because they cut all the quarterbacks except for Mac Jones. He was the only quarterback on the 53 man roster. They cut him too. I thought yeah. they kept Stidham. I w- I was looking at he well, I think he's injured. He might be on it. Yeah, he's injured because I, I know they cut Hoyer. I saw that too. But yeah, Mac Jones was the only quarterback on the fifty-three man active roster. Stidham must have rotated somewhere because I was looking at the Mike Reese uh, pinning everything that they had. So maybe Stidham's on pup. Because mm-hmm. um, I doubt if they put him on IR, he's gone for the year. So they had to have had somebody back. They probably add Hoyer back um, because his salary becomes non-guaranteed but to some extent i think they're just ready to move on to the next era it's probably some good news uh for some of the receiving weapons um and probably good news for some of the rushing game uh you know damian williams has been great between the 20s but it seemed like cam newton was their goal line back i wonder if they'll use Ramondre as a goal line back some but um, Sonny Michelle's out of town. Cam Newton's out of town. The competition for carries is getting getting thinner in New England. Yeah, uh, for Cam, I don't know. I, I did see obviously the the stuff about the vaccinations. You know, uh, I will say Bill handled it uh, ten times better than Urban Meyer did with uh, the with the way he handled everything there in Jacksonville. Well, Urban Meyer was probably more honest. This his his downfall. Possibly, uh, I, I will say I don't know if it was that. I, I really do think we talked a little bit about it in our Slack channel. Uh, I think a lot more of it was just they decided Mac Jones was going to be the guy, and it was more of a. 
respect thing for Cam is like, hey, he doesn't want to be a backup. He probably still believes he can be a starter. Not probably. He, I know he feels that way. He yeah. said that on the I Am Athlete YouTube pod, YouTube show and podcast with Brandon Marshall. God, I always forget who the other guys are on there, and it makes me feel bad because I actually really enjoy watching that. Um, but they uh, – they're they, memorable. I forgot who right? was, they're the memorable. I forgot who it was last time too. Like as soon as I have him in my my, it's an NBA player or another football player, and I can't remember. Fred is it Fred Taylor? Maybe Fred Taylor is one of them. I can't remember now. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, but he talked about on there that he said there are not 32 quarterbacks better than me in the NFL, and I don't necessarily disagree with him. Like I think he could probably be better than at least Tyrod Taylor right now, and I'm sure if I were to go through, possibly think of others. So I do think it was more of a hey. He doesn't want to be a backup. We had talked about it beforehand that he was on what was practically a backup contract for the Patriots that if they let him go, it really wasn't going to affect their cap situation. I think that was Bill because he really did seem to respect Cam Newton with the way he talked about him. You do not see Bill talk about players the way he did talk about Cam Newton last year and this year. So I do think it was more of a respect thing to just say, hey, we're going to end up going with the rookie. We'll let you go in case you want to go explore other avenues. And I do expect him to get picked up um, by somebody else. What uh, a lot of people do think that this is good for Mac Jones. Chad Johnson, Channing Crowder, Fred Taylor, not Fred Jackson. Damn it. I knew it was one of them. Okay, sorry. So really great podcast, though. I usually listen to the podcast. I don't watch the, the YouTube video. I did watch the YouTube one with Jarvis and uh, Stefan Diggs. That was actually a very, very good episode. I would suggest watching that one. But anyways... A lot of people view this as a good thing for like a Jacoby Myers, James White, maybe John U. Smith, Hunter Henry for the, the Patriots and Mac Jones being there. Do you agree with that? And how high do you view Mac Jones ceiling at least this year uh, for fantasy? I mean, it's hard to say for sure. I still wouldn't have the Patriots as a playoff team. I'm still not really coming off my, I think, I think they go, you know, win eight games, you know, maybe nine games. Um, I think there's going to be some some growing pains uh, there. I'm not, you know, Henry and Smith uh, could both be good at tight end, hopefully both stay healthy. Uh, it could be good for the running backs. They still don't have incredible receivers. We're going to learn a little more about it. Jacoby Myers, I guess. It seemed like he really was the only receiver that ever clicked with Cam Newton. Nelson Aguilar is coming over from somewhere else. I saw that Nikhil Harry already got put on short-term IR. Um, Kendrick Bourne, Gunnar Olshansky. I mean, these are not exactly names that strike fear. Um, I think a lot of people's assumptions that they were going to be really good is predicated on that defense snapping back. And their defense could be better, but like Stefan Gilmore's already on pup. Um, they lost several experienced players, retired last before last offseason, and then left. You know, some guys who have been there and who knew the Patriot way. I know they got Kyle Van Noy back. We'll see how Matthew Judon fits. I'm sure Belichick's going to know how to use them. I just, I think Mac Jones realistically will probably you know, probably be somewhere between, you know, 20 and 30. Um, I think he can get into low end quarterback too, but I'm not, not sold. It happens. I think he needs better receivers. Yeah. Um, I'm interested because 
at Alabama, he was not asked to do much. It was more of a distribute, get the ball into your playmakers and let them make plays. And that is where I kind of agree with you. They don't really have any. Like, I like Damian Harris. I like James White. I think Jacoby Myers can be okay. But those guys are not Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, Najee Harris. So I do agree with you. I don't think he gets up as high this year. You know, I've been on record multiple times saying that I think he can be a high-end QB2. I think he's he's like what the next Kirk Cousins is. He's a guy who's going to be a QB2 most years, probably a high-end QB2. He'll get you touchdowns, maybe a rushing touchdown here or there. He's going to be effective, but he's never going to be that guy that like jumps up into the top 12 and is like, He's going to win you, in my opinion, he can win you a league if you're in super flex because you need those guys who are just going to be consistently getting you like 15 points a week, right? Like, you know, you can likely count on him to get you anywhere from 10 to 20 points. He's not going to get you that huge, like what Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, or Trey Lance in his class are likely going to be able to do because of what they can do with their legs. But I do expect him to be consistent and productive but I'm with you. I don't necessarily think that happens this year because they just don't have a whole lot around him. Now, maybe if that defense turns into what it did three years ago, I think it was, when they were turning the ball over like crazy, getting him in really good field positions, maybe. But I still think we talked a little bit about this with Baker. When you don't have that rushing upside, you need like 40-plus touchdowns to be like a high-end QB I don't know if he gets that with the weapons around him. So I'm with you probably. I, I think he may finish closer to 20 in the 20 to 24 range. Uh, but I, I think that right there is probably his peak, at least this year, unless they can add some weapons uh, around him. Next up, Irv Smith. We talked a little bit about it um, on Monday. We weren't for sure on a timetable. He did end up having the surgery on his meniscus and is being said that he will be out four to five months. Uh, we joked on the podcast on Monday that it would be great if they brought over a guy like Chris Herndon. Well, they must have been listening to the podcast because then they brought over Chris Herndon on Tuesday. Your thoughts on him? I mean, he's a guy that uh, Dennis and myself just have like kind of refused to give up on the past years. Is is the dream alive again? Is it, is it you know Frankenstein's monster? It's alive. Are we, are we allowed to believe in Chris Herndon once more? I mean, I don't know. I guess you have to hope that uh, if you're if you're rooting. Or if you're believing in him, that um, that he's going to have that Adam Gase effect, I guess we'll see. I think the more sh- the more bummer thing for me was finding out about Irv Smith. Um, you know, we were high on him having a good year. Kind of reminds me of a couple of years ago when Antonio Gates finally retired, and it was going to be Hunter Henry's time, and he tore his ACL in training camp. Um, you know, it went from, oh, Irv's got a, a little knee injury, uh, you know, oh, he might miss a couple of weeks. And then I told, I think I said on Monday, the way Mike Zimmer was talking about, well, they're going to open it up and decide, made me feel real uh, unset. And now, of course, four to five months means he's he's probably out. Some people were really hoping Tyler Conklin, Zach Davidson would get a chance. Zach Davidson actually ended up getting cut on Tuesday uh, as part of those cuts. Um, but Tyler Conklin, I guess, has looked good at times in camp. Um, Chris Herndon's going to have to learn the offense. There is an opportunity, certainly, for Minnesota. They don't have much beyond uh, Thielen and Jefferson in the passing game, um, you know, Delvin Cook. So we thought the tight end position um, could be valuable. So I – I'm probably more concerned they're going to split. I don't think I'm going to end up putting either of those guys in my top 24. 
uh, at this point. Um, but it's been a there's been so many injuries and changes and upsetting things uh, that I haven't had the the heart to go back and adjust my season long um, rankings, which we're getting really close to the season kicking off. So I got to do that. But I my initial thought: some people are like, "Well, Chris Herndon's going to be tight end one now." I don't think he's going to bounce up that high. Yeah, I gave up. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I already gave up. Um, I hope that he's able to rebound. I do. You know, he definitely has. I think some of the skill, and I do think Gase really kind of held him back in a way. But I just don't think he can rebound to what maybe it looked like he could do after that rookie season. So, granted, you never know. We always joke about how, like, after tight end four, five, six, it's just kind of like a mass grouping of like five points between all those other tight ends. So. Maybe if he's able to get the kind of targets that a Kyle Rudolph was getting before he left, he could be something. But I really think it's just going to come down to it's going to be Jefferson, Thielen, and Cook. And I don't think anybody else is really going to be relevant in that Vikings offense. Deshaun Watson makes the Texans roster. And because they are just so damn adamant to keep him on the team, he is likely going to be a healthy scratch all year. So they're going to pay him, I believe it's like $10 million or something like that, just to sit on the bench thoughts. Well, I think the big thing is they can't uh, find a trading partner. Um, so, you know, I know he wants to be traded. seems like they finally came around to, they would be happy to trade him. They don't really want um, to keep him, but uh, it doesn't seem like they can they can make any deals work. So it feels like we kind of got a glimpse of this, uh, wondering what they were going to do. I personally, I think the Texans were waiting and hoping the NFL was going to put him on the exempt list. He showed up to call their bluff because he he wants to collect his salary, if nothing else. So it's kind of a bummer. Um, part of me wonders if they won't end up giving in and playing him at some point. Um, you know, if he never ends up on the exempt list, I would think playing him could at least in induce some trade value. But we thought it was going to be a lost year if you were holding on to, can uh, to Deshaun Watson in Dynasty, and it looks like for sure it's going to be a lost year. I get the feeling right now the Texans have already thrown the towel in and are actually trying to lose. It appears they're having a fire sale. I don't know how you, how you view that, but I don't think they want to win which is probably another reason they don't really want to play him. Yeah, I, I really – I just – I also don't think they can trade him for anything. Or at least they they seem to be very adamant that they're not trading him unless they get at least two or three first-round picks, which I just don't think is going to happen. I think until we know what's going to go on with the off-the-field stuff, there's no way an NFL team is going to take that chance because you give up two first-round picks – there's a shot you're three. not getting you're not getting yeah, three, you're not getting him at all this year. And while I understand quarterbacks can play longer and Watson outside of the one injury, even when he's gotten he a little bit beat up. He, I mean, I remember he had the punctured lung a couple years ago, took a bus to get to where I think it was Denver, took a bus to get to Denver to play. Like he's he's a very, very tough kid, but I, just, I, I don't know that this is going to go away anytime soon. It's just, it's a whole, very weird situation. I, I really think the NFL should have just stepped in and said, Hey, we're going to put him on the exempt list until we can get this figured out. But from everything I've heard and read, because the 
active investigation isn't really going anywhere at this point. And it seems like the NFL said, we're not going to do anything until the investigation is over with. And as you've mentioned, that may not even happen until next year. So we may not get any kind of resolution on Watts until next year. So, I mean, at this point, it, much like the Texans, I think, especially with Dynasty, you've just got to hold him because you're not going to get – you're going to get not even pennies on the dollar for him at this point. I, I can't imagine you're going to get anything for him in a Dynasty League. So, unfortunately, you just have to sit him and super flex. I mean, it's going to be brutal for at least a year, if not longer, unless you've got a couple of ba- uh, cu- couple quarterbacks to back him up. So. Last but not least here, any surprising cuts? Uh, for me, really the biggest one, which is someone we already talked about, it was Cam. because Just because I didn't expect it. I thought, realistically, it just seemed smarter to keep him at first and then maybe slowly work Mac Jones in there. Uh, but uh, what about you? Any surprising cuts for you? Um, I think the only one that I was uh, a little bit caught off guard is John Brown getting clipped by the Raiders. Um, I, when they made that signing, you know, Nelson Aguilar was the, the guy that was the leading receiver there last year. I thought it fit and I don't think they have incredible depth. It's, uh, I guess there are reports now he requested his release, but the Raiders, um, released actually a couple of, uh, quite a few, uh, free agent signings. They had signed Carl Joseph to play safety and they decided to cut him and keep their young players, um, it was surprising to see him go. I'll be curious to see where he lands. Um, but also, it makes me think uh, we could be in for finally the Brian Edwards season we were hoping to see because I I don't feel like this is about Hunter Renfro and Henry Ruggs. And last but not least, I did. Uh, we mentioned it on Monday. Uh, Dennis brought it up. It happened. The news broke right as we uh, we were getting ready to end the show, which I still don't understand what they mean by this. But Trey so Lance got a, a bone chip. A I bone guess. chip. Okay, because yeah. the first report that came out said he had a chip in his finger. I'm like, well, he's not a robot, so I don't understand chip how a chip bone, came out I of guess. his finger. Yeah chipped a bone in his finger. Um, they said he was going to at least miss a week, so that likely means anybody who was hoping he was going to start the season is not going to happen. Does this really change anything for you, though? I mean, we haven't heard it's anything serious or anything like that. Well, I would assume, you know, if you're talking about a, a bone chip in your finger and they're saying only about seven weeks, it's got to be his non-throwing hand. They haven't specified, but that's my, my personal feeling. I think they'd take a chip, bone chip. I would like to think they would take a bone chip in your throwing hand a little more seriously. Um, it looks like they're still entertaining the option of playing two quarterbacks at once and flip-flopping. I have to be honest. I don't envision having a 49er quarterback above 32 in my season long rankings based on this. I yeah. might feel more comfortable dropping both of them out of the top 32, although one probably ends up there because this is a nightmare for fantasy because you're probably going to have to hold both of them. And the, I mean, San Francisco's quarterback hasn't always been a high volume producer anyway. So if you're talking about splitting 18 points, um, that seems kind of like a bummer to me. All right. Well, before we uh, move on, Dennis isn't here. I was going to practice my best uh, Dennis voice. Um, but then I realized there's there's only one Dennis. But he's been uh, touching on this in the last couple of shows. 
especially this is a big drafting weekend. I don't know about you, but I, I have my big uh, work league draft tomorrow. I just went and did all the shopping, got the food for that. Now I got to go down and study. If you are like us, uh, getting ready to draft and you want to do some studying, nothing better than the tools at fantasyfootballdiehards.com. Uh, they have a full suite of tools with the Flash Update Pro to make you a better manager. There's rankings, there's configurable cheat sheets, there's mock draft tools, there's consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, just about anything you could want. If you use the code ROUNDTABLE, you get an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. So remember to hit up fantasyfootballdiehards.com, use the code ROUNDTABLE, and get a leg up on the competition this weekend. All right, so let's talk about some college football really quick. Uh, I did mention earlier that we've got a bunch of games going on this week, including tonight. Uh, we've got a couple really good games tonight. Uh, I released a thread uh, on Twitter earlier this morning. I'm going to do that for – I'm going to try and do it every single week. It's a lot of work, so I, I can't promise that will happen every single week. Uh, but I'm going to try and release it just, hey, these are the players I'm watching. These are the games I'm watching for tonight, uh, the big games that I'll be watching, Utah versus Weber State probably won't be a very good game, but Utah is a sneaky good Pac-12 team. Uh, Charlie Brewer uh, came over from Baylor as their quarterback now. They've got a really good defense. Obviously, the big one, Ohio State and Minnesota. You know, it, it's, I think, going to be a really good game. A lot of people are saying Ohio State's going to run away with this. I think it's actually going to be a very close game. Ohio State's linebackers and... Oh my goodness! What is what's the word? I mean, secondary not very good. Defensive line is very good, but the, but the rest of that defense is a little bit scary. If they can get some of those wide receivers going, Ohio State may be in for a game. I mean, it's one thing we know: they have quarterbacks. They do have a lot of quarterbacks, but in saying that, CJ Stroud's very first start, he's never played in front of a crowd like he's going to get tonight, going into a very hostile environment. Minnesota is going to be a packed stadium. You know, if you're in our Discord, we've got a couple big Minnesota fans. They're posting pictures of the tailgate and everything they're at right now. Like, it's going to be a huge game. CJ Stroud's first game in an opposing stadium, full crowd, you know, or full stadium. It's going to, we're going to see what, what he's really made of tonight. And I do think some of that can throw you off a little bit. I mean, these guys, while he was, uh, ended up being a high end recruit, he was not that when he first started out in high school. He was actually a basketball player, kind of moved over to quarterback late in his career. He's never been in a place like this. Like even the national championship last year, he was there. And I, I don't even, I think he did take a snap because Fields got, no, no, that was in the playoff game against Clemson. I'm sorry, because Fields got blasted, uh, on that run, but. It was not a full stadium. I mean, this is like we're talking 60,000, 70,000 plus there in Minnesota. So it's going to be, um, I think, going to still be a very good game. I expect Ohio State to win, but a good game overall. Outside of those, you've got uh, Jaden Daniels and Arizona State playing tonight. Uh, they're another Pac 12 team I think is going to be really good. Jaden Daniels, a really good quarterback. Well, I think if he can improve his accuracy a little bit, could be a, a high end quarterback uh, drafted in the draft in 2022 or 23. If he decides to come out one year later, he does get a lot of comps to uh, Lamar Jackson, which I think is a tad bit lazy, but he's a very good runner um, and can be a very good passer of the ball as well. Friday, uh, the big game, there's a couple of games that I really like, but the biggest one is going to be North Carolina going into Blacksburg playing the Virginia tech. You've got Sam Howe. He's my pick to win the Heisman. I think he's the best quarterback currently in the 2022 class. He's the next Baker Mayfield. In my opinion, he's got all that moxie, great arm. He can buy time in the pocket. 
but can he win with North Carolina? I mean, they've come close to beating Clemson. They almost beat Clemson two years ago, his freshman year. They got to beat Clemson, try and get in the playoffs this year. I picked him to make the playoffs. That's a really good game. Michigan State Northwestern should be a good one as well. And then Saturday, got a couple really big games. Penn State, Wisconsin should be a really good matchup for the Big Ten there. You've got Oregon, Fresno State. Oregon, one of the top five defenses in college versus one of the best offenses in Fresno State. You've got Felix's guy, Jay Kaner. You've got Jalen Cropper, the wide receiver. Ronnie Rivers, all really good players. Everybody's talking about Alabama-Miami. If I'm being honest with you, I am not watching that game because I think Alabama is going to roll Miami. I do not think Miami is that good, going to be that good of a of a game, in all honesty. I'm going Indiana-Iowa. Same thing. It's going to be two really good teams, very evenly matched. You know, Felix has been picking Indiana to possibly upset Ohio State. If they upset Ohio State and do pretty well in their schedule, they could end up winning the Big Ten West. So I'm, I'm all in on that game. And then, obviously, the late game that night, you've got Clemson, Georgia. That's the big one. Should be a very good game. I'm not going to give my pick here because we'll be doing the tailgate where I will be giving my pick, but I, I do think that will be the best game of the weekend. Then you go into Sunday. They've got Notre Dame, Florida State. Should be a very good game as well. And then Monday, Louisville, Ole Miss. Louisville, um, very good offense with Malik Cunningham. And then you've got Ole Miss with Matt Corral, who I, you know, we at Campus to Canton have continually compared to the next Jameis Winston because he's got all the arm talent. He's a very good quarterback, but the dude throws turnovers like crazy. Does he had he two like games last weights? year. Uh, that he doesn't, he doesn't do like the weird warm up stuff either. So, you know, I maybe comparing him to James Winston isn't, Winston isn't the fair thing. He doesn't not eat a W's one or one comparison. Yeah. But it's more of just like the bad, uh, bad decisions when passing the ball. He had two games last year with five interceptions in both of them. So buddy, it's good. Hey, you know what? You got to love it too. Cause he throws one. He's like, it doesn't matter. Throws two. It doesn't matter. He just keeps throwing it. So, you know, he's got a little bit of that that Brett Favre in him, but that should be a really good game as well. So a lot of very good college games on this weekend. If you guys have time, definitely sit down and watch them. I love the college football game, and I think uh, it's going to be a great weekend for college football. All right. And uh, if you you want to get the full experience, you start in the morning with uh, tailgate and you wrap up your day with coast to coast. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so at 9 a.m. Eastern, we will go live. It'll be this week, Austin, myself, Brandon, and Chris Moxley for the first hour. We'll be previewing games, wrapping up the games that happened on Thursday and Friday. We'll make picks on the big games while also helping people set their lineups, going over some DFS because the second hour will be fully geared toward DFS, player over-unders, game spreads, everything. We got Will, Alfred, Chris. They do a phenomenal job with that. They've been dropping a ton of content with that stuff on the college football side. Uh, they did really good last week outside of, I think, one game. Um, that was because we all believed in Adrian Martinez with Nebraska, and we shouldn't have done that. We we knew not to, but we fell back into the trap. All of us did, and and it cost us a little bit. But outside of that, they nailed everything else. Uh, they're really good at what they do. They'll be the entire second hour leading you up till kickoffs, and then as soon as the Clemson-Georgia game ends, you can find Felix, Austin, myself, other people, I don't know, Kevin Coleman, I know for sure will be there. I'm not sure who else is going to be with us, uh, but we will be live for at least an hour, if not an hour and a half, Felix. too. He's a, he's a great host. As much crap as I like to give him, I know he's not going to listen to this, so I'm good. He won't hear me praising him, but uh, he he's amazing at what he does. Uh, we... We'll be live for at least an hour, if not two, in a very sports center style thing of just rapid fire, giving you as much uh, feedback and everything that happened throughout the day. We'll probably have some special guests. 
We've actually lined up some very special guests, as in like used to play pro football special guests for later in the season. So you'll definitely want to start tuning in uh, to Coast to Coast because it, it is definitely a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with it last week, and I'm excited to continue doing it this season. Yeah, and you get some better games. Uh, yeah, it was, last, it was a little rough. Week, it was nice to be there, but then you're like, hey, Nebraska. Yeah, Frost it was good uh, on the plane. We we got through. I think uh, we thought it was going to take us like forty five minutes to get through like parts of the show, and then before we realized it, we were like at the end of the show with still thirty minutes left. And we're like, all right, let's fill some time because uh, yeah, those games were not any of them were fun to talk about. They were all pretty uh, pretty bad games last weekend, unfortunately. That's what you have when you have a zero. You know what I when I hear you talk about these uh, Saturdays, all I can think is you must have looked at your schedule and thought I have too much free time. Uh, no, I, I looked at the schedule and I realized that I have no life. That's really what it comes down to. I send my wife away on Saturdays, mimosas with the girls. And I'm just like, Oh no, I'm just going to sleep in. Really. I'm sitting at TV hoping she doesn't come back until like four and then passes out until eight. And then I get my whole day of college football. So that's, that's just kind of what I do. It costs me a lot of money though. It's not a, not a strategy I would suggest yeah. because, uh, well, I- if you miss Matt Bruning, uh, you know, starting uh, next week, you can see him five days a week and the week after six days a week. So I mean, you, won't, I you won't miss him for long. I, I, I wish you wouldn't have reminded me of that. It's, it's I was still, you know, in this little disbelief bubble that I'm going to have days off here going forward. You know, hey, I'm just going to get will, that. Uh, sort of. The bill. I'll get the Bill Belichick uh, thing going. I was going to set as my ringtone now. No days off and just kind of, oh, that's the thing I won't even have off Sundays. I get get to do all my other work on Sundays. So let's let's talk about the NFL, though, and award predictions. Who are you picking as your offensive rookie of the year? It usually goes to quarterbacks, and I could see that. If I was going to pick a quarterback, I'd. I honestly would go with Justin Fields um, at this point in time because I, I think he's getting in there sooner than later. But I decided to go non-quarterback. I'm going with Kyle Pitts. Um, I liked what I've seen. He doesn't have a lot of competition. I think he's legitimately going to put up their wide receiver two numbers and do some pretty fantastic things at tight end. Um, so, you know, I went a little bit off the off the books. It is usually quarterback. I'm going with tight end Kyle Pitts. I mean, I love it because that likely means he breaks the record at tight end, which means I don't have to sing the Michigan fight song. So I'd be all for it. Um, I am going to go Justin Fields because I'm a homer, and I also think he's just going to be phenomenal. I mean, it's also one of my longest-going arguments with uh, Felix, who's better, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. I think Fields is at least this year going to be better. Uh, my next pick, if, if I had, if I didn't have to go quarterback – I'm actually going Najee Harris because, you know, we picked – we talked yeah. about the AFC over-unders. Uh, I still think Pittsburgh makes the playoffs, and I think a lot of that is going to be on Najee Harris. I think he's going to carry that team uh, very well. I mean, he's can do it all, and I think he's going to be a really good rookie as well this year. Defensive rookie of the year, who are you taking? This is where I decided to go a homer. I didn't have a strong feeling about um, – <laughs> You know, last year it was pretty easy to pick like a Chase Young uh, who was out there. I didn't have a huge, uh, strong feeling. I wouldn't be shocked if Micah Parsons uh, plays really well for Dallas if he gets it, but I went with Patrick Sertan the second, uh, who's a cornerback in Denver. His first preseason game, he picked sixth, the, the quarterback, and just made it look easy. I think he's actually going to get thrown at some because as good as he is, Denver has strong 
corners all over the board. They have Darby, they have Fuller, they have Callahan out there. I think he's going to get some sweet matchups, and I think he's going to have a big year. Yeah, so I'm going to take the easy way out, and I'm going to go Micah Parsons. I think he is exactly what that uh, that Dallas Cowboys defense needed. You get him um, alongside the was it what do they call him the Wolf Hunter or whatever it is I can't remember what his name is now. It's driving me crazy. They just let go of Sean Lee. Why can't he's from Boise State, and I cannot for the life of me remember what oh, his um, name is. Yeah, I you know this is terrible in my one IDP league. I have him. Uh, Van, 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 Van. Oh my God, uh, this is Van frustrating. Van, oh, Van Der Rush, Van Der Rush. Van there Rush. we go. Okay, it took, yeah, took a minute Van to get Rush, As soon as you yeah. said, I'm like, yeah. And you know what's embarrassing is I only have like two IDP teams, and he's one of the four IDP players I have, and one of the few non-Broncos. So good on me. Yeah, I, I think him uh, Parsons with Van Der Rush there is going to be a very dynamic duo as long as Van Der Rush can stay healthy. They want that defense. I think that defense will be improved. I'm pretty sure they got rid of. Um, they did their new uh, their new defensive coordinator is um, Dan Quinn, who wasn't a spectacular head coach, but I think he's been a good. He's really good defensive coordinator. coordinator. I mean, he was the Seattle defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nah, he, not on this show. Cade, not on this show. All I can say, Cade, is come back on Monday when we do our final record and playoff predictions, and you might oh, be happy. No, 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 no. Matt, no, Matt will that. be decidedly unhappy. I know. I already gave that one to Ricky. I saw his face. I was like, I can't wait to see what happens when I say that to you. So, yeah, I think Parsons, though, he, he should be I, – I thought it was one of the steals of the draft, in all honesty, outside of Justin Fields. I, I – he, if he would have played last year for Oregon, he would have, I think, I mean, he wouldn't have been the top pick because it would have been Trevor Lawrence regardless. But I wouldn't have been surprised if he took the two spot over Zach Wilson. Like, he was yeah. the best defensive player in the draft. I think he is going to be incredible uh, well, this year for the part Cowboys. Of me, part of me wished Denver would have taken him, I think, in the mock drafts. I talked about that if they were going to yeah. go defense because middle linebacker is such an underrated, crucial position if you want to have a yeah. good defense. All right, next up, the big one. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm about to skip one. Coach I mean, of the year, that's not the big one. It's a big no, one. No, it's not. It's a big but, one. hey, I got this right last year and picking Mr. Kevin Stefanski, which I was very thrilled that he did. Uh, he, he won that. Uh, so I will say uh, we're actually in agreement here on this one. He was in the running for who I thought was going to get Coach of the Year last year as well. Uh, so go even though I said they're going to take a step back with the mm-hmm. AFC predictions, I still think he ends up winning it. Uh, go ahead. Who, who are you taking? Yeah, and this will, you know, a lot of these will make sense when I kind of go through some of my playoff picks, but I went with Sean McDermott for Buffalo. Uh, I think he's been underrated the last couple of years, what he's done. if It feels like, you know, almost impossible to remember back, like right the season before they took Josh Allen, and even that first season with Josh Allen, there was a lot of questions about him being on the bubble and possibly going out. And they have morphed into one of the powers uh, in the AFC. I don't think they're going to take a huge step back this year. I like what they've done. I like him and his partnership with Brian Dable, who's their um, offensive coordinator. But I, I think he's built a good culture and a good squad there. And I, I like him to finally get some recognition. 
Wouldn't it be amazing if Matt Nagy wins it once Justin Fields comes in in week two and takes the Bears to the playoffs and like they finish? They, I don't think they'll win the division over the Packers, but like the top wild card team end up making it like three, two, three rounds into the play. Oh, it'd be beautiful. I, I Just dare you Fields. to take Matt Nagy but as somebody who took Matt Patricia Matt last Matt Nagy year, is going Nagy to win Coach of the Year strictly because Justin Fields will carry him there after he goes out and has a rookie of the year season and carries the Bears into the playoffs. Let's just do it. Nobody expects the Bears to do it. If, if Fields goes out there and does it, Nagy is going to win coach of the year. NFL MVP. I'm going a little bit off the books here, I think. I picked this team to make the playoffs. I think they are going to give it away right here. I think they're going to push the Chiefs to win that division. I think this team is primed to be very good. Now, that being said, every time we say that, they end up shitting the bed really bad. But I'm all in on my guy, Justin Herbert, and the Los Angeles Chargers because, too, the second reason, I just remembered this, if he wins an NFL MVP, (laughs) Jeremy Barker has got to get a lightning bolt tramp stamp, and I am here for it. So I think Herbert does it for me. He's going to have an amazing season. I'm taking Justin Herbert to win the NFL MVP. I mean, if you would have remembered about that bet on Monday, you should have been agitating for Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins. Oh, that'd be even better. Ooh. Now, but then my my luck too would just all of a sudden like take the the Texans into the playoffs, and then he wins the MVP for that. And here I am going to get a dolphin hitting a beach ball tramp stamp, which my wife would probably hate. So. Uh, and that would age so well, too, back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so many uh, potential, you know, I thought about, uh, I, I liked Josh Allen to win it last year, um, and he didn't get it. I thought about him. Patrick Mahomes, I feel like you could throw in there every year. Brady, a consummate. But I went a little off the books. I'm going with uh, Matthew Stafford uh, for the Rams. You know, the Rams' backfield has become a huge question. I still think the Rams – have a great team. I still think they're going to end up winning the NFC West. And I think he's going to bring a lot of stability and upside and carry with, with some of the best offensive minded coaching and weapons he's ever had. Uh, We've seen him put up some great seasons. I think he's going to kind of quietly get in there and get the recognition he didn't really get in Detroit. All right, I'm a little scared to give this one because I'm pretty sure the last two years that we've done this, we've just, like, cursed this player. I know two years ago it was Justin Jackson. I don't even know if he plays in the NFL anymore. Uh, it's been that bad He's for him. He's still number so. two in the Chargers. You're going to watch him when uh, the playoffs <laughs> Well, we'll see about that. I don't remember who we picked last year, actually, now that I think about it. Um. It doesn't matter, though. I don't know if it was that great, because if it was a really good call, I feel like I'd have remembered it. So, But I guess it wasn't too bad, because I remember Justin Jackson because of how bad it was. So it must have been just like a okay call. But I'm going to let you go first. Uh, both, I think, the guy that you're going to name and the guy I'm going to name are, I think, very surprising. Uh, we're going to go wide receivers, and I feel like I'm going to shock people with where I'm going, but I'm going to let you go first. Who are you picking as the fantasy MVP and why? Because there's different qualifiers for this as well. Yeah. So for me, fantasy MVP is somebody that you're going to 
to me, like we first started talking about this position uh, during the rookie year for Philip Lindsay. Lindsay was a guy that we both loved that you were getting undrafted that ended up rising up there being uh, an RB one, a huge contributor uh, last year, probably arguably the fantasy MVP would have had to been James Robinson. So for me, I'm always looking for somebody. I'm not projecting somebody who's going undrafted. That's going to be an RB one this year, but I'm looking for somebody who's going way low, way lower in ADP who you can get, way lower who i think is going to have a sneaky great season to be part of a team like if you get them where you get them they're going to help boost you up so i'm always taking big swings and that's why we miss sometimes i think we both went in on justin jackson a couple of years ago uh because it was, yeah. it, it was not believing in austin eckler and we would like to both apologize to austin eckler uh, rb1 yeah a lot uh but i'm going with curtis samuel he's currently going uh, with an adp of wide receiver 47 Last year, he was wide receiver 24 with Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's opposite a great receiver in Terry McLaren. He's not going to be the number one. They have a good running back. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I like the fit there. I think Washington's in for a good season. And I think quietly he's going to put up some decent low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three numbers and is going to be a a nice return on investment, a guy that you can get much, much later. He's kind of an afterthought in this wide receiver crazy market. Um, so that's, that's, you know, I was kind of on the fence. My, the other one I considered my other big swing at receiver would be Christian Kirk. I still think he's going to have a big season going into the slot for Arizona. Um, but they have a lot of weapons and they make me nervous. I feel more confident. Yeah. Curtis Samuel played with this coaching staff before, which some people have not been super pumped about, but I think they went and got him because they know his potential and talent and they knew he was going to be a good dynamic fit in this offense. So I tend to approach this pretty much the same way you do. It's targeting a guy that you can get super late in your draft that is going to help you win your draft. Because, yeah, we can say Patrick Mahomes is going to be fantasy MVP because he's going to score the most at quarterback. Or Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. I'm going same as you. A guy who is kind of off the radar a little bit that could end up jumping up as into a like wide receiver one or two that you're not getting there in drafts that, that ends up winning you your championship. I talked a little bit about how I'm back in on this offense and this quarterback, and I'm going to take this wide receiver because of the moves the team made around him this year I think is going to help improve his game. I'm going to Marquise Hollywood Brown. I think he could end up being the fantasy MVP this year. Much like Curtis Samuel, he's actually consensus wide receiver 48 off the board, which is a little bit ridiculous for a guy who finishes a top 12 wide receiver in the last five games last year, he was very good. I think if they can really start to build on that, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be fine. He has an ADP of 126 right now, so he is criminally low in drafts, in my opinion, in redraft drafts. Yeah, I think he's a guy who could easily jump up to be a wide receiver too because they added Bateman, they added a Wallace. Andrews is going to be back healthy. And now that they lost J.K., I still don't – I do not believe they want to run Lamar 200-plus times for a thousand yards. I think they want to be a more passing friendly offense. That's why they brought these guys in. And if you can get the defense to focus in on a Bateman, a, a Mark Andrews, you get justice Hill and Gus Edwards coming out of the backfield that opens up the back end for Hollywood Brown. And if he can stay healthy, I think he's a steal in drafts right now. I think I got him in the 12th round of a redraft last week, which is just ridiculous. 
ridiculous. Even if he produces as a wide receiver four, that's amazing value. But I think he ends up being a wide receiver two this year. So I will take him to be my fantasy so, MVP. The bigger question, which we should have had on, on the over-under props, is Lamar Jackson over-under one abdominal injury this season. I think he's never going to eat wherever he ate before that game again. At least not before a game. I'll put it to you that way. So I'll, I'll take the under. I'll take the under. All right. So before uh, before we get into this next segment, um, uh, I'll just say we're, we will be back on Monday. We're going to be talking about giving our final predictions. Dennis will be with us. Any news or anything that happens over the weekend. Um, if you are not a fan of Marvel's What If, or if you have not seen the last two episodes, we do not want to spoil anything for you. So please do not continue listening. We appreciate you guys. We will catch you guys on Monday. If you guys are and you want to hear our opinions, then please feel free to stick around and continue listening. We are going to talk about episodes three and four, which were very dark, by the way. I, I, I watched <laughs> them with my son, <laughs> and I've regretted that. I have not yet. I was just about to pull it up. Like I, I we watched it with my son. I told you that like my son uh, was very like really enjoyed the first one with uh, Captain Carter, and he really liked the. He loves Guardians of the Galaxy, so he really like, he loves Black Panther as well. Yeah. So he liked that one. And then we were watching him the other day, and he's like, "Dad, are they dying?" I'm like, "They're just going to sleep, bud." Like, no, they're not dying. And I'm just like, "What is going <laughs> yeah. on?" Which became a tough sell when all the coffins came out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the Hulk one was really hard to explain because I was like, ah, wow, that just happened. So, okay. All right, so let's let's talk about episode three. As I mentioned, it was dark. You literally saw the death of every single Avenger outside of Captain America. He, he was the only one that technically survived everything because they had not revived him as of yet. Yeah. Just kind of like Nobody's your thought. Nobody's ever been so happy to be in the in the frozen. Yeah, so I'm going to say there was there was uh, two things that um, that struck me that have little to do with the fact that they all died. One is um, the way they set it up. I guess I never noticed, but they are in intimating that the events of Iron Man two, the Incredible Hulk and the first Thor movie all took place in the same week in time on earth. I don't know if I, that was ever, if I ever drew that out of the movies, but when they, you know, the watcher starts out, this is a terrible week and they're legit reenacting scenes from these, from all of these movies and they're putting them in a timeline. I was like, Oh, I don't think I realized that was all supposed to be, the same week which makes it even more fascinating in my opinion yeah 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 that that was it was also kind of cool to see because we knew that edward norton's hulk was a part of the canon and and the universe because we got uh general ross in there obviously you get this the the teaser at the end with iron man coming in but then it's also kind of been like very overlooked because obviously norton leaves yeah. they bring in mark ruffalo who we don't see come back until the avengers but it was cool to see that. It was also cool to see kind of Ruffalo out there doing it. I, I will say that, like, I'll be honest, I did not expect it to to be Hank Pym the whole time. That kind of threw me for a loop a little yeah. bit. I was uh, very surprised by that. But, I mean, it was um, – It was dark. Well, it, the, uh, yeah, I mean, it's very my, interesting, I guess. I was hooked the entire time because I, I really yeah. was, like, trying to figure out what well, was going my, on. Who's killing them all and how are they, yeah. you know, how are they dying? Um, I thought it was incredible. We knew they likely were not going to have Scarlett Johansson voice Black Widow, given all that's going on with Disney. Um, Lake Bell. 
an incredible job of capturing a very similar speech pattern and cadence. There was yeah. a couple of times where I actually went and looked at the liner notes to make sure it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't actually her. So that was one of their better sub voices. Um, fortunately, we didn't hear a lot of Tony Stark because the little bit I did hear, that was not one of the better. That guy did not capture Robert Downey Jr.'s essence. Um, so, you know, but it was cool to see some of the them come back. Mark Ruffalo actually... Um, acting out that scene from The Incredible Hulk, a movie he was never in, which was kind of uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> as an actor. But I, I have to ask you the part that I was, I'm, you know, these are all kind of self-contained, and they don't so far to this point. We'll see if that changes. They don't really come back and revisit anywhere the stories leave off. The end of this, where. Fury's rebuilding and he's digging up Captain America and Captain Marvel and he's like, hey, Captain, yeah. and you're like, the two Captains and Fury. I actually would have liked to see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, right, that everybody keeps talking about. They want to see some of this play out on the big screen. That is something I'd be very interested in seeing. And who knows, we may get that. I, as they talk about, this is kind of, we know for sure that it's been confirmed. This is a spinoff based off what happened with Loki. So, I don't know if we'll ever see it. I mean, we know that there's rumors that Chris Evans is in talks to come back as Captain America. I, I'd love to see that as well. It's very interesting to see that and be like, okay, so like this is where they went next. I thought they would go a completely different way and like all of a sudden bring in like a bunch of people maybe we haven't seen yet. And all of a sudden it's like these are the new Avengers. I'm like, oh, wow, like kind of well, teasing you with you a bunch of new wonder, people. So. Is what if? going to be kind of the back door where we see somebody out of a x-men or fantastic four universe because marvel bought it all back and yeah they've been biding their time you know unleashing that but this would be a perfect avenue to start kind of poking some of that in there and people people would be psyched i know i would be psyched if they if i see freaking wolverine in one of these i'm gonna be see i don't think he'll ever come back i wish he would but I, i'm well, pretty sure he's been have a statement recently just, been, the, just no, the character I, at least it's gotta be jackman there is no there is no other wolverine i mean i, I heard it very was, was pictured with um Kevin Feige not too long ago. They got pictures oh, out at some kind of public event. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. Or is this where Deadpool slides into one of them? Because you know Ryan yeah. Reynolds continuing to work with Disney, like Free Guy, uh, which is out in theaters right now, is a Disney property that actually um makes references to, to well the they MCU. uh and he he confirmed it when he did the uh the thing with uh Korg, uh, the guy who um yeah in the well, last door, they uh, they confirmed that they're Ta now Ta in the Taika same year. Watsiti, who who yeah. voices him, is in Free yeah. Guy. So I yeah. think they shot it when they were on the set together. But yeah, I, I mean, there's all kinds of fun possibilities. Honestly, the idea of the you know the way they have Guardians set up, having them cross paths with Deadpool would, I mean, it would definitely need an R, but that would be fantastic. <laughs> So I heard, I don't want to break off too much from this. I Just really quick, I heard a rumor recently. You know I really like to avoid this stuff because I don't want anything ruined for me. But um, I heard a little rumor that Wanda is actually going to be the villain or one of the villains in the Doctor Strange movie and that she is going to go up against some very prominent X-Men figures in what is considered a one of the alternate universes. So there's been a lot of rumors that it may be Fossbender, which would be awesome. 
because I would yeah. love to see him well, brought they into the MCU. They actually have, you know, the comic origins, if I remember, is actually that uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver She's are supposed their, to his be, daughter. Yeah, yes. supposed to be Magneto's children, which they could never, they always had to kind of tactfully dance around because yeah. that's why Quicksilver appeared in both in both worlds because they had them, they could claim them as part of the Avengers, but they couldn't actually reference the backstory. Now yeah. they could they could actually restore that backstory. I have mixed feelings. You would you could argue she was a villain in WandaVision. I mean, yeah. just because Agnes was a worser villain doesn't mean that she was necessarily a uh, guilt-free protagonist. I think she would definitely yeah. have been the antagonist in the story of the people of that city. So it wouldn't be a huge leap. She even leaving there didn't seem like she was in the greatest of emotional places. And we've seen, yeah. it's probably a perfect bridge to episode four of what if, which was um, if episode three is dark, episode four is dark AF. Um, yeah. Because, but, you know, we saw that same concept of a lost love and not being able to let go and using a supernatural power that ends up, you know, it's basically called what if Dr. Strange lost his heart? We saw at the end of WandaVision her working very hard to try to get those children that she had in the, you know, to try to recover that piece. She's still in that place of grief. This one kind of explored how easy it is to fall down that line. It was a brutal watch. I was excited that they got all of the real, um, you know, movie actor voices, but it was pretty depressing. Yeah. I was going to say as much as, um, the third one didn't, I mean, it was weird watching all of them get killed, but it was just a very interesting thing. Yeah. Like to really Iron Man, the Hulk one was the one that got me. Cause it was like, Oh wow. Like, this he is the route up. they're going. This is the route they're going. Okay. Wow. So, but uh, with that, like the Doctor Strange one, because I feel like that one hits so close to home because I think everybody struggles with that kind of thing, right? Like we all have a loved one we've lost that you would give anything to bring back or spend like one more day with. And so when you put that into like a Marvel universe where they have supernatural abilities that they can actually do or try to make that possible. Like it hits home a little bit to be like, you want to sit there and be like, no, you're going too far. But at the same time, part of you is thinking exactly like in that episode, like I would do anything. And then you realize at the very end, like the consequences of your actions and what's happened. So yeah, it was a, I, we talked a little bit about this. I think it was after episode two, you said one of your friends had like gotten an advanced screening and they said that like, once episode three hits is when it like becomes real and they were not joking like episode three and four. Like I liked episode one and two, but three and four, like if they would have kicked it off with those two, I'd have been like, okay, like let's go. I'm, I'm in for this ride. So it was a very dark episode. I just finished watching it actually right before we came on. I, I had was watching most of it yesterday, but I stopped it right as though they started fighting each other. So I didn't get to see how it ended until uh, today when I got back and I was just like, wow, like that's a, like that's a pull on the heart. Cause then in the end, he still doesn't get to keep Christine. So you're just like, wow, like to yeah, do all and that and still screw the universe. And it's like, Oh yeah. Cool. 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 I, I like the watcher. I could do it, but I'm not quite. Oh yeah. It was, uh, yeah. It oh. was, uh, 
So what are you expecting moving forward on this? I know we from it looks like we're going to get some kind of Gamora as Thanos kind of thing because she's standing in his armor with a dual bladed sword and then you definitely you have the zombie stuff as well. It's really the only two other things I can make out in the picture. Yeah. On the um, what if thing, so. Well, and we know we haven't seen it what was in the trailer was um Michael B. Jordan's character saving Tony Stark. Which oh, yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful, that. you know, I rewatched Black Panther again recently. Uh, we just actually passed the anniversary of Chadwick Boseman's passing, so I know a lot of people have been have been putting out his work. Uh, Black Panther, wonderful movie, still holds up. One of his other classic uh, movies where he played Thurgood Marshall just dropped on Netflix this week if you want to see, uh, see some more to keep keep remembering him in addition to that second episode of what if um, that was his kind of last performance, but I really liked uh, Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan's character. Um, and you get very close in that movie to him trying, trying to, to redeem, you know, give him some measure of redemption. Um, and I'll be curious how that one goes. That looks like it might be a little bit more of an uplifting story. I'm, I'm okay. If we have like a happy story next week, you know, take a, take a break from uh, dark, darker. I'm afraid we're going to track down to darkest. And, and, you know, we could use a little bit of lightness. It's going to be the last day before NFL football returns. You know, I, I'd be happy to see like a cool kick-ass story as my my lead into Dallas and Tampa Bay. So that's kind of, I'm, I'm hoping that one is up pretty soon. And I'm hoping it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been, I feel like pretty open on my, my hopes is that they use this to kind of transition Michael B. Jordan to possibly being Black Panther because of unfortunately what happened with Chadwick Boseman. I don't know that that will happen. They already who it is. They did. They're passing it oh, to his sister. Oh, it's a Zuri. It's yeah. It's built around Zuri. Oh, I did not know that. I, I avoid all that stuff. So I honestly, I had no idea. I forgot. Well, okay. I thought I mentioned it before, but, um, yeah. Well, then, never mind. Yeah, they, but doesn't doesn't mean you couldn't go in different paths. Oh, I'm cool with Zuri too. I th- did, I liked her in the first did one. You I see think the a- actual Spider-Man trailer. I did. Yes, I did watch the. I the- mean, it's pretty clear they're they're really gonna blow out this multiverse, and that actually might yeah. be a way to take the MCU and to take the new properties that they reacquired, and to allow some of these guys who served over a decade and are looking to retire to exit out and to expand into different stories or to reboot some of these stories because of the multiverse concept. I'm, I am curious about that. You know, are they test ballooning some of these because let's say we, you know, we start to branch away from having 28 interconnected movies, but we start having a, you know, they are connected in the sense that they're all part of the same comic book stream but we're starting to get some reboot stories i feel like they're trying um to float that balloon because it's very clear that spider-man no way home is pulling in the og spider-man trilogy plus the amazing spider-man films to kind of say hey look they they all are real spider-man stories they're just in different places a little bit like what into the spider-verse did yeah yeah, I'm very excited for that. I mean, I, I know we've talked about it on here. Like, Alfred Molina is probably my favorite villain. Spider-Man mm-hmm. 2, 
I love Tom Holland's ones, but I think Spider-Man 2 is the one that it's sticks with movie. me the most. Like, Yeah, it, not only is it a great comic, it's just a great movie, like Dark Knight. It's just a great movie. Melina was so good. So to get that, the Hello Peter was just like, I, I've seen all the memes, and I'm 100% with like, I loved it. I am so excited. He's, I, I think Tom Holland's been perfect as Spider-Man. I've really enjoyed the movies. I, I'm excited to watch this one. I'm very excited to see where they go with it. And I'm with you. The multiverse, I think, is it, it's definitely going to be a way, I think, for them to kind of reshape things, like you said, and, and move some people out. Because as much as we want these peop- these uh, actors to keep playing these roles forever, they probably don't want to. So this is probably a great way for something to move here or there and to allow some newer people to come in. It, it seems like this could lead to us. I know for sure we're getting, and I can't remember her name now, uh, but she is the uh, new Iron Man. I wouldn't be Iron surprised Heart, yeah. if, yeah, Iron Heart. I wouldn't be surprised if we see her at some point. There's rumors that, um, well, I know he's in it, but I don't know if that's actually going to do anything about it, that they may be bringing back some of the, uh, Netflix TV shows because they've got Daredevil. I can't remember his name in real life. It's Charlie, Charlie Cox. But, Charlie Cox. So that's been kind of interesting. A lot of people were speculating that we saw a piece of him in that trailer. And I guess he came out and said, I 100% guarantee it's not me. And well, so, so supposedly, now you have to sort of take this yeah. with a grain of salt because I don't know. It's not like it's been verified, but I have seen pictures of not just him, uh, but the girl who plays the lawyer. And I don't know what her name is in real life. That um, She was seen with uh, Zendaya, like walking yeah. together and like on set of Spider-Man. So maybe they're just I do think that, that could be true. You know, maybe yeah. I'm maybe we're overthinking it. You know, who knows? Feige probably is doing this to us on purpose so that we all get excited. Well, and he's not going to be in it at all. So they do. I mean. They couldn't obviously keep under wraps and probably weren't even trying that they were casting some of these people. And obviously they're not worried about you seeing that Doc Ock is in there. You got the Goblin Ball. I I believe they are um, probably not bringing James Franco version, but no, they're probably, they yeah. probably bringing the Willem Dafoe Green Goblin in there. You know, so but I think they want to keep some some mystery and you know, I appreciate that. I'm kind of become yeah. like you. I'm trying not to see a whole bunch of things. Like now people are like, Oh, didn't you see this? Didn't you see this? And I'm like, I, I'm going to let myself experience a few things because yeah. I, you know, we've talked about this before. Sometimes you get so excited and you see so much that it, um, they aren't, some of these companies are not particularly careful the way they cut trailers. And when you watch an actual film, you realize they gave away something that would have been, a huge like jaw dropping moment if you didn't right. know it was happening. Yeah, that's why. Like I've been very. I mean, you know, because we've talked about. It, I've been very adamant. Like I watched the first trailer and that's it because I don't want anything ruined for me. Like, <clears throat> and some of it does go back. And this wasn't because of a trailer, but Shady McCoy ruining the Iron Man thing. Like it still got to me, but I think it would have been. I mean, it's still. I still cry watching it now, yeah. but like. I feel like it would have been such a better experience for me not knowing at all that that was going to happen and then having to go through that because I, I love those movies so much that I'm right there with you. Like, I don't want anything, like, even with Loki. I remember when we first started talking about it, like, I had no idea what was going on with Loki. I thought it was this. And I'm like, oh, no, it's actually this. I'm like, oh, okay, shit. Because, like, I, I watched the first trailer and then that is it. So, like, I won't watch well, 
anything else Spider-Man wise. And we've become such like a brutal spoiler culture. Our friend um, yeah. Ricky kind of uh, pointed this out too. He got uh, behind, I think, on um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, he wasn't watching them right the day they were dropping. And so many people just dropped out there and would put huge plot points. It's like... It's almost if you're if you're not going to go to the very first like midnight screening of some of these things, you just have to like stay off social media. It's the same. It's almost the same way now. Like if I have to work and I tape the Broncos, I try to throw my phone away. And somehow um, the people in my sphere always manage to text me something that gives me an impression of how the game's going. Not realize I'm like. You know I'm taping this right. I mean, you know that I'm not yeah. following the score. I'm taping it, so it, that's it. Reminds me of that's how it, you know it's been for a while with sports and and having that experience get ruined. It's starting to be that with with these movies. They're so hotly anticipated, and it seems like it's a race for so many people to just throw their their thoughts out there, or throw big moments out there, and screen caps and everything. Yep. Yeah. That's why I. Um... Anytime a big movie gets released, I avoid that stuff. Like I typically, that's why I schedule tweets. So I don't have to be on Twitter. I schedule my tweets out and then I will refuse. Like when um, Endgame, I don't remember why. I think I was watching a football game, a college game, and I wanted to get on and tweet something. And then of course, yeah, because I did do like the blocking of everything Uh, or the muting of everything ahead of time. It was probably the NCAA tournament or something because it was in April. It may have been, maybe. I don't remember. It was something happened. I wanted to tweet about it. It was maybe that's what yeah, yeah. It was a draft. And it was right there, the first thing that popped up. And it was the night before I was gonna go see the movie with my wife. And I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? So I do that, like I will not look like when Star Wars came out. Because I had my theories on what was going to happen. I was like, no. Like, I scheduled a couple tweets to go out during the day. Turned my, I deleted Twitter off my phone. And was like, I'm not looking at anything until I go see the movie. Because I don't want There was no justice uh, in the Sean McCoy case. Because all he did was win two consecutive Super Bowl wings. I know. Whatever. Fuck him. Anyways, all right. So that'll be... uh, That'll be it for us. We will be back on Monday, as I mentioned earlier. If you stuck with us, we appreciate it. Let us know what you guys think as well about What If, if you guys are enjoying it. Uh, We will be back on Monday with Dennis to give our final predictions and any other NFL news as we're jumping in to game week. It is here. The NFL is going to be kicking off next Thursday. To uh, to prep for uh, for games, especially for the games this weekend, be sure to check out the other shows on our network. We have some uh, some great shows on the Campus to Canton network, um, the Campus to Canton pod with Austin Collin, uh, the Devi debate with Austin Felix and uh, this guy. Right. I don't know if I pointed the right way. And why wait till Sunday hosted by Alfred and Chris Moxley. So those are going to be some great ways to I think I did. Oh, wait, no. I, it's always counterintuitive. I know it's so it's so frustrating because hey, I'm pointing at you right now in real life, but it's yeah, not. I so know, I always forget it's that uh, way. There we go. But you know, some some great shows. Be sure to give them a listen. Get psyched. Games tonight. Can't wait. All right, everybody, enjoy the weekend. Last weekend without NFL football until February. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Oh, they tackle the 40-yard line.
Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play?